Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. Today, I am going at this alone. Hopefully you know my voice by now. This is Crystal. Bethany and I are still in our COVID quarantine of a sorts. Um, so we really haven't had a chance to get together and record. Hopefully that will change soon. Um, but if we decide to make the move to record separately all the time, we will definitely let you guys know so that you can be prepared for some very weird episodes while we figure the whole audio side of it out. That's why we're not doing this one together as well. Um, we don't know what we're doing, so if anyone can help, please help. Um, anyway, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Bayou underscore Chronicles and at Twitter, um, Bayou Chronicles. Um, those are definitely our most important ways um, to follow us because we do post some videos or pictures to kind of go along with what we're talking about each week. So definitely check us out there. We do have our Twitch and YouTube handles in the show notes. So make sure you give us a follow, leave a review wherever you listen to our podcast at and subscribe. It definitely helps us grow and we want to keep making these. I also do want to let everyone know that we do have our merch officially now. We do have Bayou Chronicles shirts. So if you are um, wanting to get one, let us know. Message us on any form of social media or give us a email at Podcast at gmail.com. We're still trying to figure out how we want to um, list them online, but you can give us an email and we'll be sure to send you an invoice. Anyway, today I have what is supposed to be a mini episode of sorts, but I talk a lot and I ramble and I go off on tangents, so I doubt it will be that short. But if y'all are ready, let's get into it. Today we are going to be talking about Abigail Williams and Liberty German. Hopefully some of you have heard this case. It's um, pretty popular. I was, um, I guess I was technically an adult. I don't know. I don't know why that feels like it was so long ago. Um, but I was living in New Orleans at grad school when this happened, and I honestly don't remember this case, and it feels kind of weird because I was super into true crime then. Abigail Williams and Liberty German were 13 and 14 years old, respectively. They had drastically different personalities, but at the same time had so much in common. Abby was shy, Libby was outgoing, so it was almost like Abby was the peanut butter to Libby's jelly, in a sense. Like, you've all probably had a friend like this. I know I do. I still do. My very best friend is my complete opposite. And we love the same things, but we don't. It's how friends work, I guess. Both girls were in band, they played sports, played volleyball, they loved being outside, and they both loved true crime. I mean, these girls are cool, I'd be their friend. Abby lived with her mom, and she had a pet cat, and she was, be, she was always described as quiet, loving, enjoyed being outdoors, and had dreams of actually being a police officer. Libby, on the other hand, she lived with her grandparents, Becky and Mike, and her older sister, Kelsey. 
She loves sports, playing softball, volleyball. She, she was in band, and she actually wanted to be a science teacher. The girls often both went out into the woods to take pictures and talk and just kind of walk around and be in nature. And this feels so normal to me because this is something that I used to do. I mean, if you went on my old MySpace right now, you would probably find pictures that were taken way out in the woods at my grandparents' house because that's what I did. I did it by myself. I did it with my friends. And it was always like a big adventure to see what we could find and just to take cool RC pictures. And yeah, like that's what we did. So I don't blame them. <laughs> On the morning of February the 17th is when our story first takes place. I do want to give you the chance to follow along with me and to kind of do a little bit of research and reading as you listen to this podcast. Most of my, actually not most, all of my material today came from two particular sources. Um, well, two particular source banks. Um, the first is a subreddit called Delphi Murders that talks exclusively about the case um, involving these two girls and another website called Actus Reyes. I know I'm probably saying that wrong, but me and Latin do not mesh. Basically, it is a website that puts together facts about cases with really cool graphics just to kind of dispel any rumors when it comes to cases. They want to give you the facts. And it kind of puts it out in timeline form, which I think is incredibly helpful. And it's kind of how I did today's case because I think about it very linearly. Oh my gosh, where's Bethany when I need her to correct my words? Linearly, <laughs> if that's even a word. Um, but that's how I think about it. So on the morning of February the 13th, the girls were actually supposed to be in school. It was a Monday. But the county had built in snow days. Not that I know what that is down here in the south. But they had built in snow days. And the girls got this particular Monday off. So... Abby had been staying the night with Libby, and they wanted to go hiking. So they asked Libby's sister, Kelsey, if she would drive them to the hiking trail. And Libby, I guess you could probably say, was probably the annoying little sister with the big sister who can drive and is begging her sister, please take me, please. I mean, I don't have any older siblings, but I can only imagine what she would have said in order to get her sister to take her where she wanted to go. So Kelsey agreed and said she could drop them off, but she could not pick them up because she was going to her boyfriend's house and then she had to go to work. Well, Becky said, you can go, but you have to find someone else to pick you up. So she agreed and she asked her dad to pick her up and her dad agreed. So at 1.45, on the way to her boyfriend's house, Kelsey dropped the girls off at the Manon High Bridge Trail 
and watched the girls walk down the trail until they disappeared. So she's being a good, responsible sister, in my opinion. I mean, that's more than I would have done if I was dropping off my brother. I would have kicked him out and said, okay, have fun, bye, and then drove off. According to the Google satellite view of the area that I looked at, the hiking trails look pretty dense. I mean, they're not so thick that you couldn't see anything, but it's definitely, you can definitely tell it's the woods. You can also see a bridge that isn't actually an old train bridge that the hiking trail is named after. And it is closed off to the hikers, to hikers because the bridge is several feet off the ground. I'm talking like 60 feet off the ground. No one should be up here. (laughs) But it is gorgeous. And if you are a 14-year-old girl and you want to take really cool pictures, you're going to go on this bridge because... To be completely honest, I've done this exact same thing. We have an old, what's still being used, but an old train bridge here in town. And me and my best friend used to hike our way up and climb across the bridge and do crazy stuff like hang off the side of it. And, you know, I don't just like, I'd you would kill me. Every single person would kill me if you knew the things that I used to do on this bridge. But I get it. I know the kind of fun experience and adrenaline rush that they were seeking. Plus got to take cool pictures. If anyone faults them for this, I'll punch you myself. Because they were just being girl, Like, they were just being teenagers. So... Around 2.05, Libby starts posting pictures on Snapchat. And the first picture that she posts is a picture of just the bridge. And a few minutes later, she posts a picture of Abby on the bridge. And it just shows them walking along. And just cool little artsy pictures. At some point after this post, um, she starts recording a video And police later say that the reason she posted this video is because she had to have known something was kind of wrong. And that's why she recorded. The police say that the first part of the video is the girls just talking and having, you know, normal teenage girl conversations. It eventually moves to a point where Libby mentions that she like there's a man behind her and Abby that is just a little creepy and that's you kind of infer that that's why she had to have started recording around 311 is when Libby's dad Derek first calls Libby and doesn't get an answer He then texts her to tell her that he was on his way and that he'd be there in a few minutes to pick her up where they decided to meet at. When he gets there, a few minutes later, he cannot find the girls. And he waited about 15 minutes to give them benefit of the doubt and starts walking down the trail to see if maybe he can spot them, you know, on their way back. According to a few interviews with the families, They state that Derek actually ran into a man who was wearing a flannel shirt and was walking back up the trail. 
when Derek stopped him and asked him if he had seen two girls out on the trail, the man said no, but that he did see two girls by the bridge. I'm not saying this person is involved. I'm not saying this person has anything to do with it. But remember what I just told you about how he looked and then what he was wearing. And when we get to the later part, circle back. (laughs) At 3.30, he ends up calling his mom, Becky, and asks if the girls had already been picked up. Because at this point, he's thinking, okay, maybe Kelsey got them or maybe my mom got them. And I'm freaking out for no reason. But she tells him no, that she doesn't have the girls, that he was supposed to pick them up. Becky then starts calling family, starts calling friends of Libby, starts calling Libby's phone, trying to get a hold of her, trying to find somewhere or someone who knows where she is. By four o'clock, Becky calls her husband, Mike, who immediately leaves work a few cities away to come help search for the girls. Becky and her other son, Cody, all head straight to the hiking trail in order to look for the girls. More members of the family get there, and once they decide where the girls might have went, what was their thought process, they decided that they were going to split up and start searching. By 5.20, roughly an hour has gone by of them searching, and they have not found the girls. So they decide that they need to make a police report and report the girls missing. At this point, Becky realizes that they have not told Abby's mom and that it's really important that she knows. And I can understand why they've waited this long to tell her mom because no one wants to immediately freak out a mom. You know, and I'm, I can only imagine that Becky in her head was thinking, we're going to find the girls, and this is going to be a story, and we're going to get on to them, and they're going to get in trouble, but there's no reason to freak anyone out when we don't know what's happening. So she calls Anna and isn't able to get a hold of her. Eventually, Anna does get a chance to check her phone, and when she does, Becky fills her in. And that's when they decide that it's time for them all to meet at the police station and file this report. An hour later at 6 o'clock, the police by then have started a search of the area with several volunteers. I must say, the police are very on this case. It is very obvious that they did everything right. They spend the next roughly six hours until about midnight searching the area before the search is called off due to unsafe conditions. Which again, is so understandable. You do not want you know, potentially hundreds of people searching the woods at midnight when it's dark, only with flashlights. That's not going to help anyone. Despite the official search being called off, though, a few family members and some volunteers stayed and searched through the night. Again, totally understandable, because if I was a family member, I would still be there all night long. Around noon, their worst fears came true, because someone had found the girls. According to Kelsey, while they were walking the trail, someone shouted that they had found a shoe and asked what type of shoe that Libby was wearing. 
when she replied, it turns out the shoe that was found was the exact same shoe that Libby had been wearing. The same person noticed that a couple of deer were investigating an area and they became a little suspicious. As they shone their light around, that is ultimately when they saw the bodies of Abby and Libby. And this is obviously not what anyone wanted to find. And I cannot imagine how the person who found them felt. Kelsey actually mentioned that while she was realizing that her sister and her sister's best friend had been found, that the volunteer that was searching with her had to convince her that she did not want to see what was happening and did not want to see her sister like that and didn't even know if it really was her sister or not. And I imagine she's grateful for that today because I couldn't imagine seeing my sibling like that. I'm pretty sure it would wreck me. Around 2 p.m. on the 14th, so the same day that the girl's body had been found, the police held a press conference announcing that they found two bodies. They did not immediately say that it was Abby and Libby, but I'm sure most people assumed that it would be, and it doesn't take a genius to assume that. The next day, the autopsies were completed, and the police officially announced that it was indeed the bodies of Abigail Williams and Liberty Liberty German. To this day, the investigators will not release the cause of death, the autopsy report, much information about the crime scene. They have just given very little info to the public. And to be honest, I don't blame them because why, as much as we want to know and we want to know all these details, I can only imagine that there are parts of this case that they're still hanging on to so that they can catch whoever did this. And if we do find out one day who this person is and who did this to the girls, I'm sure we will find out all the details. But until then, what I'm telling you is basically what is known. It's it's very little. According to the police at the crime scene, the girls, like parts of the girls' clothing were found scattered around that there was a fresh cigarette bud that they still do not know if it belonged to another hiker or the person responsible for their deaths. There has been rumors about what happened to the girls. Um, It's theorized that leaked text messages from someone who saw the bodies mentions what happens to the girls, but This could totally be faked and is not 100% true and thus does not need to even be discussed. On the 22nd of February, so just a few days after the bodies were found, they decided that they were going to release a sketch of the man that they are pegging as their prime suspect and someone of interest. This sketch kind of shows an older man, very prominent features, but it really looks like any person that you know. 
They don't really release much else other than a short audio clip that they say came from Libby's phone. And it's a weird little clip. It just says three words. Down the hill. And honestly, it sounds like every man that you know from the Midwest sounds like every man that you know ever. It's very just vague and grainy and to me doesn't sound like anybody special. It just sounds like a very typical man's voice. And I guess that makes it hard because since he sounds like everybody, he could be anybody. Well, as much as it pays me to say, that's really all they have in 2017. They obviously have a few things that they're keeping close to themselves, but stuff that's released out to the public is very few and far in between. It's not until April 22nd, 2019 that they kind of release the next big push of info. During this press release, they actually release an updated sketch of the person they believe attacked the girls. This sketch reveals a much younger man. And in fact, they put his age between 18 and 40 years old. So this is a huge gap if you ask me, but teach their own. I personally think he looks older. And the reason I think he looks older is because this time they actually release a photo clip found on um, Libby's phone that shows the man walking. And I think just by the way he looks, I think he's an older gentleman. I just don't see the like under 30 vibe at all. They believe this man is their prime suspect. So in addition to this video clip, the Audi, the um, updated sketch, they also release a little bit more of an audio clip. This audio clip adds one word to the previously released clip of saying down the hill. Now the clip fully says, guys, down the hill. And I should state that it's not like, guys, down the hill. It's guys, a long little break, and then down the hill. It's obviously edited together, edited together, I can't say that word either, where they took him saying guys from one section and added it to the section that they already had of down the hill. But it does make you wonder why he's, number one, he's talking to these girls, and two, why he's telling them to go down the hill. Mm, just just a little weird to me. Well, during the early days of this case, when the first sketch was released, the internet went wild trying to figure out who in the world could possibly have done this. And for the right reasons, I don't blame them at all. I would have been sleuthing just as much as the next person. But nobody that they've really looked into has panned out. And I am telling you two of these stories not to freak anyone out, 
but to just remind everyone of how much evil is in the world in one particular area at one particular time. The first person who was suspected was a man named Daniel Nations. He was suspected of the murder of Tim Watkins, Watkins, I'm so sorry, um, who was found on the same trail about two weeks prior to the girls. They found him with a hatchet and a twenty two rifle, and his criminal record stated that he was a registered sex offender and had several arrests for assault and things as such. Police questioned him, collected DNA. He had an alibi for the girl's murder and he was never charged with either. Either murder, the girl's murder or the murder that he was suspected of. And he actually had an alibi for the girl's murder and ended up never being charged with either murders, the murder of the girls, nor the murder of Tim Watkins on the trail. He was actually sentenced on a separate offense to three years in probation in 2018, which actually ended January 5th of this year. So he's officially off of probation. But as I said, for the girls case, he was officially cleared of any wrongdoing because of that alibi. The next person of interest that people suspected um, were involved in the case was a man named Thomas Bruce. In 2018, Bruce forced three women and a religious supply store into the back room. And he wanted them to undress and perform sexual acts. Um... One of the women who was the customer completely refused and he ended up shooting her. Now, as far as he was concerned, police mentioned this and then never spoke about him again. So we can only assume that they investigated and cleared him as well. The last man who doesn't really have much of a story, um, his name was Charles Edward. I can't say it. I'm not even going to say his last name. <laughs> Charles Eldred, Eldred. Oh my gosh, I'm horrible with names right now. I apologize. He actually was caught in an undercover sting for wanting to meet a 13-year-old girl to have sex. Now, could any of these men have had anything to do with the girls? I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. For one... Police have mentioned that this was not a situation where the girls met someone on social media and decided to meet up. They did an extensive search of Libby's Facebook, didn't find anything. Now, Abby did have a secret Facebook that she wasn't supposed to have, but she did in fact have. And searching on hers, they found nothing of interest on her. So this was not a situation of the girls going to meet a creep. I I 100% think this is a case of the girls being on the track and someone took the opportunity and ran with it. I can say that the four-year anniversary of this horrible murder of these two bright young girls is coming up. 
And I think it's really important that everyone take the time to look over this case again, send the picture of the latest sketch and the video and the sound clip to people you know who might live in the area. Look at it yourself. See if it matches anybody that you might know that you've seen somewhere, a family member or a family member of a friend. And if you have any information, please reach out. There is actually a email that you can email any tips to. And when I mean any, I mean any. They will investigate them. You can email Abby and Libby tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com. I highly recommend that you spend some time researching the sites that I got my sources from, that you sky, you know, I can't speak, I'm so sorry, (laughs) that you look over everything on Reddit, that you type their name into Google, that you look at some pictures, that you familiarize yourself with this case so that one day we can get it solved. I cannot imagine what it feels like to lose my daughter in this way. And I'm not even a parent. So that's pretty much all I have for you guys. I tried to make this as short as I possibly could. I'm still probably going to end up in the 30 minute range. But I guess that's okay. Most of our episodes are usually about 45 minutes to an hour. Well, if you have any questions about this case, if you feel the need to critique me on how I butchered some words, bring it on. I hope you enjoyed listening to the sounds of my dog whining in the background. I uh, She has a little bit of separation anxiety, and when we close the door on her too long, she tends to get a little fussy. So, If you hear some whining in the background, or if you hear some cars going by in the background, I'm kind of recording by my office window, and it can be a little loud in here at night. A lot of people love to drive down my road really fast, and so that's all you can hear. (laughs) So if you hear the lovely background noise, I apologize, but if we keep having to record separately, you might have to get used to it. But I thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. Uh, We might do more solo ones if, you know, if y'all enjoy listening to us one-on-one. If not, just tell us that too. I promise we won't get offended. But until next time, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for all the support. It truly means a lot to us. Um, But until next time, we hope you have a good one. Thanks, guys. Good night.